the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. God has brought the church right to a threshold of a new dimension of prayer. This prayer comes from deep within, ushering forth the greatest power that the world has ever known. It will expose demons where they hide. It will lead to the places where principalities have hidden riches and secret places from the children of God. This is what the Sovereign Lord is saying to you today. Isaiah 45, 2. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places so that you will know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by name. Isaiah 45 and 2. The Holy One of Israel, God knows your name. And unto you, he is making this promise. God wants you to step into prayer, far surpassing anything that you have ever known. Prayer that allows the Holy Spirit that dwells within the believer to go beyond who you are and what you've learned. And this kind of prayer where your spirit and your physical body ascend to a new realm and you come out of prayer renewed and physically charged. Demons can't touch you then. Satan will not defeat you. As a matter of fact, you are the one that demons fear. They fear you will call forth the angels of the Lord. They fear that you will pray such powerful prayer and destroy their plans to attack the lives of your children, spouses, nieces, and nephews. Demons fear that you will pray and destroy their strongholds. And remove stumbling blocks that they have set up for those you love and care about. They fear that you will pray and cancel Satan's plans, destroying his strategies. You must surrender to the mighty works of God. We must all surrender to have his power flow through us in a most magnificent way. Today, we're talking about 
what we must connect together to have mighty results in prayer. We must surrender to his will, but we must connect our prayer life to our deeds. You know, one day something amazing happened and I became what I call Holy Ghost angry, upset with the enemy. Like Jesus in the temple, I was upset and ready to throw Satan down. But before I go any further, let's take a moment and go to our Father in prayer. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, oh, Daddy, speak to us in our inner ear. Let us hear and know the instructions that you're giving us today. In Jesus' mighty name, reveal your instructions and your power to your people today. Today, Father, through your word, we will pull down strongholds. We will step over stumbling blocks. We'll go into the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from us. Today, teach this to your people. One evening, I was sitting in the living room and the front door opened. And as I sat on the sofa, I turned and I looked And I remember seeing my middle son coming through the door. And, you know, this is a kid whose whose spirit is always up. He's always joyful and he's always upbeat. Well, he wasn't upbeat this particular day, and his countenance was very sad. So I said to him, I said, hey, hey, son, so what's going on? He said, hello, mother. And I said, oh, wow, (laughs) this is the sweetest kid in the whole world, I'm telling you. To me, in grad school, but he's a kid. And I thought, wow, what's going on? So I said, son, I said, what's going on? He came on into the living room and he sat down. He's like 6'3", you know, and he threw himself into the armchair and just kind of slumped down. And he said, oh, nothing, mother. You know, the nothing that says you can't help me. It was that kind of nothing. I said, son, what's going on? Like, what's up? What's what's with you? He said, well, you know, I'm on that speech team you know, he said, and, and at the school, he said, and, you know, there's this girl on the team. He said, Mother, she is so nice. She's like one of the nicest people you ever want to meet, and everyone loves her. I said, yeah, okay. He said, well, she joined the team late because another team member fell off of the team due to grades. I said, okay, okay. He said, well, this is our season, and we're about to travel really soon. So she came onto the team knowing she had to learn her parts and learn them fast and memorize all these things and, you know, do a really fantastic job filling in. I said, okay. He said, well, it's about time for the competition. He said, and every time, from the moment this girl joined the team, it's like the instructor had something against her. He said, so every time she gets up to speak, and if she makes one little mistake, he just tears into her and just calls her an idiot. Are you an idiot? You're stupid. You know, how did you even get this far in college? And he said, mother, it is just, it's the most horrible thing to watch because she has such an humble spirit. And we all just like cringe as soon as he starts tearing her apart. And then he'll just like start cursing. And I'm sitting there listening to this thinking, oh my goodness. He said, it's just, it's just terrible. It's, it, it just depresses me. I, I don't even want to be on the team. It's just, it's just destroying. He said, and then she has this partner that's with her, and he does the same thing to her partner. He verbally destroys them. He said, I just, I just don't think I can take it anymore. And as I'm listening to this kid tell me this story, all of a sudden, I don't know what hit me, but Holy Ghost anger, 
I jumped up off the sofa. I said, that's it. That's it right there. I, I said, just forget it. That's it. That's it. And I started storming out of the room. And he said, mother, he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the Lord in prayer. That's it, son. That's the last time that that instructor will do this to your friend, to this teammate. That is the very last time this is going to happen. And as I kind of disappeared around the corner, he said, mother, he said, wait a minute. He said, is it really that easy? Is it, is it that easy? I said, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. This is not going to happen again. I went to the Lord in prayer. I got down on my knees and I battled against the enemy for my son's teammate. And I want to tell you that Satan was defeated. I want to tell you that the plans of the enemy were canceled in all of his strategies against this team and that young girl and her partner were destroyed. My son came back telling me how great things were going and they were about to leave the country and fly out and everybody was all excited. He said, you know, mother, sometimes I can't believe the things that God does for you in prayer. I sometimes I just can't believe it. Was it so simple? You know, this is what God wants. He wants us to show everyone around us, including young people, how magnificent that he really is and how we win the battle in prayer. John five nineteen says this, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. The father loves the son and shows him all he does. And to your amazement, he will show him even greater works than these. Jesus lived a life of prayer. He lived, the Bible says, he walked about doing good. Well, we must live a life doing good also. We must learn to serve God with our whole heart. I'm talking about serving with every deed that we do. I'm talking about connecting our prayer life to our deeds. Before Jesus launched the greatest ministry that the world has ever known, he fasted and prayed for 40 days. Jesus went about doing good and praying. Before he began to campaign for healing, Jesus went to the Father in prayer. He knew how to wage war in the spirit realm. Jesus was charged with power and instruction. He received this in prayer from the Father. Jesus knew how to win in his place of prayer. Jesus understood he had to take authority over demons and all kinds of evil in prayer and then step out and lay hands on the sick and call forth the dead. We must be supernaturally charged with power from within us, power that flows from the throne of grace through us. Once we win in prayer, then we step out and defeat the powers of darkness. Before Jesus called Lazarus forth from the dead, remember what he said? His statement shows us his relationship. Because him calling Lazarus from the dead was based on that relationship. The Bible says this. He lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me and that thou hearest me always. And then after he spoke to the father, 
whom he had a relationship with, whom he prayed constantly to. After he said this, then he said these words, Lazarus, come forth. It is the relationship and a life of surrender that will bring you mighty results in prayer. It is the power of prayer that the world needs through you right now. Someone needs you praying over their children right now. Someone needs you praying for their parent going into surgery right now. Someone is searching for that soul who will teach them prayer. That person who knows how to get to God, who knows how to get a prayer through. The world is desperate for warriors right now. When you cry out to God and he answers with mighty acts and deeds, this is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Before Jesus went into the mission field to heal and restore and to make whole, he took the victory on his knees, on his knees in prayer. Then he went out to do the great works of God. He received plans in prayer. Jesus won before he ever prayed for anyone. He won before he touched anyone. He already had the victory in his hands. And his disciples saw this in his life. Jesus was in the temple early praying at the Mount of Olives, communing with the Father. Your victory is in communion, getting instructions and power. That's how you win the battle before you step out onto the battlefield. Before any soldier is sent into war, he is trained and given instructions in the natural. But the spiritual prayer warrior must be trained and given instructions through the supernatural. And then we step out in prayer. You know, a young woman said to me just a few weeks ago, she said, Valerie, I was listening to a speaker recently and that speaker said to me, he said, well, to everyone in the audience, he said, all these people who spend all these long hours in prayer, that's not necessary. You can just pray in your car. You can just pray when you're walking around. I said, can I ask you a question about this person who said this? She said, yes. I said, does he see mighty healings? She said, what do you mean? I said, does he lay on hands on the sick and are they recovered? She said, no. I said, oh. Does he give deliverance services and people are delivered right there at the altar? She said, no. I said, oh, I see. I said, can he pull down strongholds with his prayers? Have you had anybody testify of that with him? She said, no. I said, I see. I said, well, you know, there are different gifts and maybe deliverance and healing laying on the sick isn't his gift. Because I tell you that anybody that lay hands on the sick who prays deliverance prayers, they lay out before God. They spend hours before God. They know where the battlefield is, and that's where they win. Maybe he's just never had that experience, but you've witnessed it through this prayer ministry, and you know what it takes to get answers to prayer. You know, I used to tell my kids when I was raising them and they were young, I'd say, if you don't know the word of God for yourself, somebody out there can convince you 
at anything is true. If the Bible says that Jesus spent 40 days, that Moses spent 40 days with God, I'm going to tell you that if we want to see great things, we've got to invest the time and the hours. But today I'm talking about connecting our deeds and our prayers. The angel said to Cornelius, remember in the New Testament, Cornelius is a devout man. And the angel says this, the Bible says one day at about the ninth hour, he had a clear vision, speaking of Cornelius, of an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear and asked, what is it, Lord? The angel answered, your prayers and gifts. In other words, your prayers and your deeds to the poor have ascended. They have come up as a memorial before God. So his good deeds and his giving got God's attention. His good deeds and his acts of kindness to those that were poor. God had recognized Cornelius. We must connect our good deeds and our prayers. Jesus went about doing good. You know, when I was a kid and I was raised in church, my father had an older sister. I'll never forget her. I was a a young kid, maybe seven, eight years old. And I recall she used to say when someone would do a good deed, I would hear her say, you know, that's another star in her crown. (laughs) Or, you know, one of the men in the church would do something. And I would hear that old lady say, now, you know, that's another star in his crown. I was raised that you had to do good works. Somehow, some of us have lost that doing good works. We begin to focus on the material things that we want from God. We begin to focus on houses and cars and and, and good jobs. I'm saying all these things are good, but it can't be our major focus. And then we go to the Lord in prayer and we can't quite figure out why things don't work for us through prayer the way they should. The Bible said, the angel said to Cornelius, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. When I was a kid, we in the church, the church was focused on good deeds in this country. We were focused on love and kindness, not only to one another, but to souls that were lost. God is looking for the soul who still does the good deeds who still walks in loving kindness. What we pray in prayer must be connected to our good deeds to have power in prayer. Through communion with God, our hearts become loving. We don't walk in bitterness. We don't walk in resentment. We don't produce road rage, okay? We're walking in loving kindness. We're walking in love. Those who invest the time in prayer and communion with Christ are renewed in the spirit of their mind. And they know when they step out of the battlefield and they step into the natural realm and they need to lay hands on, they have all confidence that he hears them. 
They have a relationship and God has recognized their soul. Believe it or not, they have visitations of angels. They have astounding experiences in prayer. I was praying one day in deep, deep prayer. And do you know, I did not see the person, but it felt like an angel of the Lord put his hand on my right shoulder. And I turned and I looked and there was no one there. I'm telling you, I have the most astounding things happen in prayer. Angels that enter the room at the oddest time when I'm not calling on God to send his angels. I'm telling you that when we connect our good deeds to our prayer, when we walk about doing good, when we're walking in loving kindness, you walk in great power. This is what gets God's attention. This is the soul that he listens to. When we're not walking in the shadow of forgiveness, you know, I call that when someone thinks that they are one that forgives, but they're only really walking in the shadows of forgiveness. We don't want to walk in the shadows of forgiveness. We want to forgive. That's the heart that doesn't have obstacles that the Holy Spirit can flow through. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Forgive yesterday's old regrets, failed plans, and sorrows. Forgive them, release them, and let them go. And look forward into the glorious light of the new day, of the new moment that God has set before you, that he may do great and mighty deeds through you. Remember the life of of Christ. It is our greatest example. He was sinless. So what is that saying to us? We must repent, 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 repent of anger, repent of harsh and bitter words. These are the things that are obstacles to our prayers, mistreating our children, mistreating our spouse, mistreating our coworkers mistreating the stranger on the street. Oh, God's calling the church back to the beginning where we walked in loving kindness, where our prayer life was important. Our churches must be a product of prayer right now. We will see great and mighty things. People coming to the altar, getting healed, delivered of drugs, addiction, Delivered of abominations before the sight of God. That's where our answers are. Today, he wants us to remember to connect our good deeds to our prayer life. Remember what he said. The angel said to Cornelius, your alms, your giving, your alms and your prayer has come up. Cornelius, as a memorial before God. He's saying you've got his attention because you're walking about doing good and you live a life of reverence and obedience to God and you pray Cornelius and this has come up before him and he's looking on to your prayers 
and he has remembered you. And he sent the angel of the Lord to witness to Cornelius, letting him know, I've seen your deeds and I've heard your prayers. And now I send this great and mighty one to you. God wants us to walk about doing good. And then the gifts of the spirit will flow through you. The gifts of healing, the gifts of prophecy, the gift of deliverance, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, too numerous to even name the mighty things that God will cause to happen through you and when you pray. Oh, today, remember, what good deeds can I do? How can I increase my prayer life and connect these things together? As I surrender my life to God through prayer. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.